0: October 17th first Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 15. I Paul urge you Timothy first of all to pray for all people as you make your requests plead for God's mercy upon them and give thanks pray this way for kings and all others who are in authority so that we can live in peace and quietness in godliness and dignity this is good and and pleases God our Savior. For he wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and people. He is the man, Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message that God gave to the world at the proper time. And I have been chosen. This is the absolute truth as a preacher and apostle, to teach the Gentiles about faith and truth. So, wherever you assemble, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. And I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing, and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair, or by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. For women, who claim to be devoted to God, should make themselves attractive by the good things they do. Women should listen and learn quietly and submissively. I do not let women teach men or have authority over them. Let them listen quietly. For God made Adam first, and afterward he made Eve. And it was the woman, not Adam, who was deceived by Satan, and sin was the result. But women will be saved through childbearing and by continuing to live in faith, love, holiness, and modesty. From the rising of the sun
1: to the going down of the same, I am convinced that you are a chosen people. Men, but you are a chosen people. But I am uh, filled with a sense of awe and wonder that I am a chosen people, a part of a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light somebody needs to tell us from time to time who we are we fall into a certain uh, accustomed way like Ellen White calls it coming and going like a door on its hinges and we forget that we are indeed the people of God we're not any little ordinary bunch behind the Lord's back somewhere. And I'm not trying to give you or infuse any false pride into you, but it ought to spring, put a spring in my step when I think I'm a child of God. I'm a part of the family of God.
2: Pride is a tremendous problem with Christians, but another problem that's just as great is underestimating us. Not for what we are, but for what God has made us. And God made man and woman. I'm impressed with the earth, I'm impressed with the heavens, but there is nothing made so uniquely as man himself. When God made man from the dust of the ground
3: in the garden and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, there is not one word anywhere in scripture that said God told anybody what he was going to do. And when he made the man, he made him in his own image. And at that moment, when God made that man and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, Satan became man's mortal enemy. Satan saw in man what was not in angels, nor in cherubim, nor in seraphim, nor in any other creature on this earth. Satan saw the man was different. He was made in the image of God. There's not a man on this earth that knows the glory that surrounded Adam when God made him in his primeval state. When God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life, something covered Adam. It was the glory of God that covered Adam. He was not naked when God made Adam. He was different than we are today. When Adam sinned against God, he lost that glory. He lost that covering. And this is why they sewed fig leaves together and covered themselves, is because they saw their nakedness that they had never seen before. And so now man being made in the image of God, Satan is jealous of this creature and sets about in any way he possibly can to tear him down. And the greatest way that Satan can tear down a human being is to change that image that you were made in the image of God into His image. Digest that. He has a personal vendetta against God. And so the Almighty will give Satan room to do so much. But remember, Almighty God is Almighty God. Every person that walks the face of the earth was in some respect given to display something of God's creative genius. Again, it's not that God has a look that has to do with what nationality you are or anything that has to do with physical recognition but there is something of himself.
2: I'm impressed with the earth, I'm impressed with the heavens. But there is nothing made so uniquely as man himself. So he didn't think it and try to figure it out, he just made man. Already thought out, already planned out before the foundation of the earth, of the world. He just revealed it and said, let it be so. And look at man, man with the ability to love and to be loved. Man with compassion and thought. Man with excellence and drive. Man able to reach the moon at a single bound. Man who controls and moves and motivates one another and build great cities. And God made man. God made man.
3: If a man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. The image of God has been completely restored in that man. When the Lord Jesus Christ came to this world, he came to bring the image of God back to mankind that had lost it. Amen. Satan hates that. He despises you if you're born again because you are in the image of God. The Bible says Christ is formed in you if you're a born again believer, that the Holy Ghost forms Christ in you. In other words, he makes you a little Christ. You're not Christ, you're not the Son of God, you never will be, but you are a little Messiah in that sense. Because through you the world can be born again. Know you're not that your body is the temple of God, If any man destroy the temple of God, him will God destroy. You think about what you have been given, how you have been blessed, what we are in the sight of God. When God looks at a man, he's not looking at an angel and he's not looking at a cherubim nor a seraphim. He's looking at a man. When I say man, I say it in the generic sense of mankind, male and female.
4: As David, the psalmist, recognizes, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And if I realize that, then I realize that having been created, there is a reason and a purpose for God creating me. There is design and intelligence behind the design. And when God created me, He had a reason for doing so. And the Bible tells me the reason. God created me that I might know Him. And in knowing Him, come to love Him. And in loving Him, come into a fellowship with Him. And that by living in fellowship with God, my life can be fulfilled and complete and rich and blessed. And I can enjoy loving the love of my family, the love of my children, the love of my grandchildren. And the love of God. And that there is a reason and a purpose for my existence. I'm not here by accident. I'm not here by happenstance. I am here because God created me for his purposes and there is a reason and purpose to live if i am here by random selection over billions of years then there is no real purpose for my existence and if i'm just an accident then nothing matters does it it doesn't matter if i make anything of my life or if i just trash my life i can do what i want. I mean, after all, everybody makes up their own rules, but the Word of God says you're special. God didn't make any two of you alike. You're special, you're unique, and God created you, and God loves you, and God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and there is a meaning. the amazing thing about the human conscience is this, that even if you don't believe what I'm saying, you believe what I'm saying. But even if you reject the truth of what I'm saying, there is rooted inside you a conviction which you can suppress with the years, but which is there nonetheless, which is telling you that these things are so. And this truth is the truth which the scripture will not let us forget. God didn't make any two of you alike. You're special, you're unique. And God created you and God loves you and God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And there is a meaning for your existence. And you'll discover it when you come into a meaningful relationship with God. And God has made that possible through Jesus Christ, His Son. I will praise Thee, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are Thy works, and that my soul knows right well. But
1: I am, tonight, filled with a sense of awe and wonder that i am a chosen people a part of a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation a people belonging to god that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light somebody needs to tell us from time to time who we are We fall into a certain uh, accustomed way, like Ellen White calls it, coming and going like a door on its hinges. And we forget that we are indeed the people of God. We're not any little ordinary bunch behind the Lord's back somewhere. And I'm not trying to give you, infuse any false pride into you, but it ought to spring, put a spring in my step when I think I'm a child of God. I'm a part of the family of God.